Hey everybody, welcome to the AR Vibes Good Vibes Podcast. On today's episode, we have a special guest. He's a rapper out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, who puts a high-quality, unique hits with a deep, positive, and impactful message that can resonate with almost all ages. He released his first mixtape in 2012 and then took a five-year break to work on himself and his growth in his faith. In 2017, he released an EP called For Fun, which features most of my favorite tracks that he puts out. And he just released a new single, Vice City, last month, and is working on some big developments at this time. Our, our guest today is Mike Strong. How are you, Mike? Thanks for joining us. Hey, Alex, I appreciate this opportunity. I'm honored and grateful, man. I'm looking forward to, you know, unpacking things and giving you guys a good introduction to me and who I am as an artist. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. We appreciate it. And just to give the listeners a, a quick rundown of how this is going to work, I'm going to pass it off to Mike Strong in a little bit. Let him tell you a little bit more about himself high level. And then we've got some question and answer session that we're going to go through and dive into his journey and give you a good understanding of who he is, where he came from, why he does what he does, and, and get him a good idea of the impact he's trying to leave on the world and the community around him. So, uh, Mike, I'll pass it to you, let you tell the community a little bit about you high level, and then we'll dig into some questions and go from there, man. Okay, uh, perfect. Well, uh, yeah, my name is obviously Mike Strong, and uh, it's an abbreviation of my full government name, which is Michael Armstrong Jr. And uh, my reasoning for going with that name is a lot of uh, artists that I respect and I feel put out uh, real-life content and messages went off their government names, you know, like Nas, Nasia Jones, you know, J. Cole, Jermaine Cole, Kendrick Lamar, like so on. Um, so I went by other names, you know, in the past, uh, Low Key at one point, Low Kizzle. And this was like in my early 20s, late teen age. Um, and the more I matured and grew as a person and an artist, I figured that I need to be more true to myself. So that's why uh, Overdue was released under Mike Strong. And if anyone wants to, hear my background more that'd be a good project to listen to to try to get a better idea of who i am uh and that was 2012 so i was what 21 at the time and i'm currently 28 so um in my current music you'll see a lot of growth and uh, a lot of a lot of improvement in several areas um, and i know we'll touch on more of that within the interview but um yeah we got a lot of things coming up uh after the hiatus so i'm looking forward to you know giving you guys a sneak peek of what's going on and uh giving information to the community that can be beneficial to all listeners. So I'm excited. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll, I'll segue right off of that. And like you said, you started, well, you didn't start in your late teens, I don't think, but you were saying, you know, that's when your, your first stuff started coming out the late teens, early twenties. But why don't we dig right into how old you were when you first committed to, Hey, I want to be an artist. I want to put out music. This is my dream. This is what I want to do. Like th the reason I asked that too is, you know, so many people who follow our community and so many people around the world that you see, their parents tell them what's best for them. They tell them what they need to do, what they should go to school for, how they're going to be successful in life. And right. I have a lot of friends personally who are artists and try to put out music. And that's a, a typical career where your parents, your family will try to shut you down and say, you're not going to make it. That's hard. It's not going to work. And to have that drive to push through that has got to be challenging. So can you tell us a little bit about like where, how it started for you, how old you were, what got you wanting to do that? And when you made that full commitment, like, yes, this is my career. This is what I want to do for my life. Okay. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I grew up in a household that was uh, very music-driven. Uh, my dad listened to a lot of uh, hip-hop from uh, Big E to really, really mainly East Coast or West Coast, excuse me, Tupac, Death Row era, uh, 
Tribe Called Quest, uh, Outcast, you name it. So I grew up listening to a lot of music. Um, and I would say in elementary, I knew I wanted to be an artist or even an entertainer, even like I thought about acting, all kind of stuff. So I would say elementary, elementary school, like that was the only thing that I was passionate about. But I would say and the commitment was there. But, you know, as a kid, just uh, wasn't consistent. And I say that was probably my biggest struggle. Uh, fast forward to this day is just, you know, sticking with it because I went through a lot of trials and tribulations. Um within my household from my, excuse me, my parents, you know, my mom became disabled, you know, as a kid that would throw off your focus, uh, teenage years, get in trouble with the law. So I had a lot of curveballs, but, um, I always knew it was my dream to pursue. So I would say I honestly started acting from the commitment, uh, honestly, last year, honestly, last year is when I was like, you know what, uh, I'm in a better situation in some areas, you know, financially to invest in myself. Uh, I feel like I'm more mature now. My message has changed. And honestly, if I would have stuck with it at a younger age, you probably wouldn't be hearing like strong content. It probably would have been something that was more so influenced by my environment at the time, you know, and not all the positive things. So the commitment really increased last year and 2019 with me taking it serious. But the passion has been there since childhood. I love that, man. I love that. And I love that you bring up passion as well. Like, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but I made a quote, I'd probably say about four months back on the AR Vibes community, and it was all about passion. And if anybody wants to look forward, it had a picture of LeBron James and had a nice quote written up there and had a bunch of shares as well. But passion is huge. And one thing I like to point out to people is when you find your passion, you find your purpose in life, you know the things that you're most excited about, the things that want to get you out of bed, that's when you're going to you're really going to find success in life because you're doing it for all the right reasons that your passion. So exactly. I love that you brought it up that way. That's awesome. So that leads me to ask you, like uh, for myself, I have a lot of mentors. So starting AR vibes, I wouldn't have did it on my own. I've always been a person who's been very intuitive, you know, try to lead by good example, try to do good things in the world, but I would have never thought of building a community like this where I'm trying to spread knowledge and wisdom and help people understand how easy it is to, live a happy life, maybe not successful, but happy and successful. When you, you focus on the right things and you learn the right tips and tricks to get to the next levels in your journey. Cause a lot of us know journeys are levels, man. It's, it's the chapters like a book. So for me, mentors are huge. So <laughs> do you yourself, do you have any mentors in life or music that helped you get going or helped you at certain points? And if so, like what is just your main views on having mentors to have a successful journey and having people in your corner that actually influence you to make, make your journey a better journey. Oh yeah. Um, I would say a mentor is, is very important um, because when I reflect on my life and uh, a lot of the decisions I made in the path that I chose was more so um, it more so played off of my friends, my peers who, you know, we're all on the same level. So it's not like we have more experience. One has more experience than the other, as far as when it comes to life, you know, um, and we tend to do things that's acceptable and cool socially, but it might not be true to who you are as a person because you're still trying to find yourself. So I think it's important that once you know what direction you want to go in or what you want to pursue, that you find someone who has more time, more wisdom and more uh, experience overall along that path. So for me, um, I would say growing up really didn't have a mentor. You know, my dad was in my life and. Like I said, my mom was disabled, so his attention, his time and attention was fully 
uh, engage with her. So I had more freedom than your typical child, I would say. So that left me to do what I want when I want. Um, and that wasn't the best thing for me. But um, fast forward, when I transitioned to pursue uh, faith, um, that's when I came across uh, the male house parent at a group home that I was at. It was a placement um, not too far from my hometown. That was kind of the spark of seeing something different. Um, and it made me want to examine myself more and really get to know who Mike was and what I wanted to do versus what was the popular cool thing. And once I, you know, made the decision to, you know, accept Christ and make my faith journey, um, I did come across a mentor and we were, um, we were very close knit, very close knit. And I, I was able to learn a lot about myself from my personality, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, and also start to get principles and different direction installed to really live out my purpose and what I was passionate about. So it's just, it's like having a, a plan or a goal and a plan, you know, like you want to execute the steps to get where you're going. And if someone's already been there, it's easier to follow. So um, mentorship is very important. And currently, um, you know, I've done some, I've done some things and made some decisions where I'm like still trying to figure out, you know, where I'm going. I'm in a transitional state. So we're not as close to it as we were before, but some of those uh, lessons were still installed. And um, even now, like with me trying to learn more, um, on the musical side, you know, I definitely reach out and talk to different people who has more knowledge in certain areas to get to where I want to go to, and achieve those goals. So mentorship is highly important, highly important. Awesome, man. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. Like I said earlier, like I, myself, I wouldn't be doing anything I'm doing if it wasn't for all the mentors I've had in my life from day <laughs> one to where I'm at now. So I'm, I'm also happy you brought that back to childhood. Cause that's huge. Like family is where you first start to find your mentors. And if it's not family, it's, something outside of the family that's close knit to the family. So it's, that's definitely a good, uh, a good storyline there. I like hearing that. And it, it actually seg yeah. it segues, it segues into something else I wanted to know about. So like my next question for you is going to be, what's, what's one experience you went through that if you didn't go through it, you would not be the artist you are today. So I don't know if it relates to finding your faith or something more detailed and specific, but you know, for a lot of people, it's, if you didn't deal with one thing or make one specific choice, you wouldn't be where you are today. Be a whole new, a whole new journey, a whole new story. So, like, yeah, like, could you tell me like about one time or one specific experience that you that you went through that again, if you didn't go through it, you wouldn't be who you are today as an artist. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, for me, I would definitely say losing my mother. Um, and I say that because it brought a lot of different changes. So um, my mom, my mom suffered from uh, multiple sclerosis. She was diagnosed when I was in first grade. So about six. So this had to be about, I'm about to give a little history lesson. Now I got to take it back. <laughs> I'm a terrible <laughs> years, but let's say it's probably like 97 or whatever. Um, and throughout the years, it like progressively got worse. So she went from like a, a, a four, a cane to a forearm crutches, walker, wheelchair, and it just went down here. So um, in 2009, she passed away, and I was 17 at the time. And um, I say that because before I was living like a carefree life, just doing, like I said, what I want, when I want, just really kind of nonchalant with things. But I feel like when she passed, it started to really trigger things. Like at first it was hurt and depression and sadness and like questioning life, questioning God, and just really 
it led to me being more reckless initially. Like I responded immaturely from, you know, not, not being able to identify what I was going through. Um, and then throughout the years, it made me also like pursue my faith eventually because I went through a period of uh, questioning my purpose. Like, man, what am I here for? And then it's like, what kept her strong? Like what kept a smile on her face? Because in the midst of her circumstances, she was always, you know, joyful and always was smiling. Like only people that would see her in a different light at times when she would be low would be me and my dad in the household. Right. And to the public, she was a, she was a strong woman. Um, so anyway, I went through my lowest low during that time. But fast forward, like when I started to, you know, look into meditation, look into, um, you know, positive, positive affirmation um, and different things to basically rewire my way of thinking. It made me, you know, believe in a higher power and start to really seek that outside of just what I was used to. So that influenced my music by also digging deeper when I write, you know? Um, so I tried to really evoke emotion and touch the listeners with experiences because it's like, when we go about our day-to-day life, well, at least me for myself, uh, I do things on the fly, just trying to get it done. But when I sit and write down my lyrics and stuff, I tend to go to a deeper place. And um, yeah, I would say if it was one thing, it would be that because it led to my lowest low and also my biggest awakening, I would say, as far as pursuing something bigger than myself. Yeah, man, you just, you just touched on a lot of things that we're going to talk about later, like flow state. I'm going to dive into flow state. When you said you go into a whole new zone when you're writing music. And uh, one other thing, Absolutely. you know, first, I'm sorry about hearing about your mom. And second, I didn't realize you. you and I were more connected on a deeper level. So a little bit on my background, I was raised by my grandparents as a kid, both my grandmother and my grandfather. And when I was in 2008, I was 17. And my mom, I call her my mom. She died as well. Mm. So we, we connect wow. on a deep level. They were both 17. It was one year after you. I didn't know you back then, but I 100% understood everything you just said about, you know, how you, you start to question, like, what, what is the purpose of all this? Like, why, like, this is the strongest person I had in my life. They're supposed to be here. How are they gone so young? It doesn't make sense. And then, right. you know, another thing that stood out to me when you were just saying that is a lot of the strongest people I've ever met are the ones that had the strongest upbringings. Like, the, the most pain to deal with as a child and a teen and having to learn how to get past that and to find your purpose and to find your place where you're going to, you know, find your journey in life. And that's very hard to do when you're dealing with pain like that. So I, I totally relate to that. And I appreciate you uh, bringing that up for the community to hear. Cause that's, that's deep. And I didn't know that we related on that level. So. Man, and I'm sorry for your loss as well, man. Thank I know you, it's you. not people that know what that's like, or, you know, yes. Yeah, it's it's a different it's a different experience, man, and it's something that you know you you never really get over. You just try to learn to accept and you know just apply what you can to you know be a better person from it. Of course, of course. Yeah, you, you know I want I want to ask you too, man. So like I noticed you, and we've talked a little bit before this podcast. I noticed you don't swear in your music, and you know I talked to you once about it, and you don't swear at all in life, and I love that because myself I can't lie, I swear pretty often. And I yeah. have a lot of people in my life. I have a son and they're like, why are you swearing? Stop swearing. There's no need. And the more I think about it at a deeper level, it does nothing for me. Like it's just how I was raised. Like my, my parents swore a lot, my grandparents. And it was just something I heard growing up my whole life. But hearing that really like stood out to me. Cause that's very unique, especially in the rap industry. Like I don't, I don't think I can name another rapper who doesn't swear. So that to me is very yeah. unique. And I like it. So like, well, besides that, what would be the difference now 
and making music compared to like in your earlier days of making music. Like, I don't know if you were swearing back then or if it was a totally different lifestyle, but you know, what, what do you say the biggest differences? And can you touch on that a little bit about why you don't swear and like what brought you to that point in life? Cause that's pretty cool to me. It stood out a lot. And I think that's huge for younger audiences as well. Like a lot of the music that's getting put out now is terrible. Like I, I just put yeah. the radio on my car here and there and I'm like, ah, not this song. Ah, not that song. My son's hearing all this. Yeah. <laughs> I put on your music. He loves it. He's in the backseat. He's nine years old, jamming out. And I have no concerns listening to your music with my son. And it's a good feel music too. So yeah. Can you touch on that a little more? Like the differences from earlier days to now and like why you don't swear? Like how that, how that become a thing and how that become a part of your lifestyle? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's amazing, man. See, and honestly, that's part of my uh, encouragement and motivation to continue to do it because I think of the kids and, you know, we, we can get in that later. But so um, with my upbringing, uh, like I said, I listened to my dad played a lot of gangster rap, a lot of hardcore, like you name it, like hip hop, hardcore gangster rap. So it was a lot of uh, vulgar language. Um, and even with me, like I'll, was running the streets with my friends. We had a little click. So we did all that type of stuff. Um, but early on, even before, you know, I started to, you know, pursue faith or whatever, um, I noticed that sometimes when I would write a song, um, and it's like, well, I said, I'm smoking, drinking, you know, in the streets, doing all this. But sometimes even then when I would write, I would be saying so much, I would barely cuss. So it's like I caught wind of that, but I would still cuss a lot in my day-to-day, um, you know, conversations. But, once I really tried to make the 180 to, you know, pursue God, that was really like, okay, now I need to just do it on a regular basis. Like, I don't need to do it. And, yeah, I would say, you know, I definitely had my slip-ups, but after a while it just became second nature. Like, my vocabulary and my thought process, it just, it, it's it's not a common thing anymore. So it changed my music. So, it honestly, it didn't change my music much. If anything... I would say I looked at it as filler. Like when I listen to my old music now, one is like when I cuss, it's cringeworthy, you know, because I don't, I haven't. So it's 2020. I probably stopped cursing completely around 2014. So it's been about six years now. Nice. Um, So yeah, it's like, it's just me, but so yeah, it wasn't a major change. It wasn't a major change. Uh, I know one of my friends even told me like a couple weeks ago, actually, he was like, man, I remember when you told me you was going to stop cursing. Um, and I was just like, man, I don't know how it's going to be, how your music going to be. He's like, but honestly, he's like, yeah, I don't notice a difference. Um, but the only, the only thing is freestyle. So I was always a heavy freestyler, like off the top, um, like just rapping about anything going on in the moment. And that was where a lot of the cursing came from. So even now, that's one area where, you know, I'll be kind of cautious. But if anything, I might say some off the wall stuff that I normally don't talk about, you know, like sex gotcha. or make a, a, a little subliminal reference because that's like, you know, a free thought. But I still don't curse. So, yeah, my music hasn't changed much because of it. If anything, it's more precise, it's more concise and it's not as much filler because I, I know I can express my anger, my sadness, my happiness in so many other words than, you know, having to be explicit. And also, uh, I do think about my uh, family. So, like, my kid, you know, my daughter, my nieces, little cousins. So, that was something else. Like, you know what? I don't do it in real life. So, it just comes out naturally in my music as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm sure the kids love hearing the music, too. Like, 
I I love all types of music. I I don't think I've ever met somebody who likes more diverse set of music than myself. Like I'll just throw somebody out there. No no disrespect to this artist, but Twenty One Savage. He says some crazy stuff. I like his music, but he says yeah. some crazy stuff, and it's like I can't listen to him with my son. Like it's I can't. I just can't do it. it doesn't make sense. Like <laughs> my son's like, what does that mean? Like ah, uh, no, we're not talking about that stuff. So it's like just having this is huge. And like I think about that. I don't know if Twenty One Savage has children, but like how do you? how do you explain your music to your children if you do like that throws me off so i i respect that about you a hundred percent more like just picturing another artist who's off the wall saying crazy stuff all the time how do they present themselves to their kids how do they do they not show yeah. their kids their music like how does that even work you know <laughs> yeah and you know what for for those who uh are listening in and they want to check out other artists who don't curse um you know, uh, regardless of your belief system, I think it's a stigma attached to Christian rappers. And I don't label myself as a Christian rapper because, you know, my just my content and the way that I go about things is more, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I don't want to, you know, get placed in a box. But a lot of rappers in the Christian community don't curse. I mean, you have uh, Lecrae, Andy Minio, uh, KB, Bizzle. And one rapper that I came across that isn't a Christian and doesn't curse anymore is uh, Odyssey. He's actually a Muslim. But very okay. talented, very talented. His name's Odyssey. And uh, my favorite project from him is The Good Fight. So I think that's something else that the audience would appreciate, you know, especially if you're trying to, you know, if you're a hip hop fan and you want to kind of stray away from the, the norm and what's popular. And I think those are some good artists that they can check out as well. That's awesome, man. I appreciate that. I'm sure the listeners are going to appreciate that as well because I'm, I'm trying to get all the community to check out your music and I'm sure they already have. If not, they will after they hear this, this uh, podcast. And I think just once you get a taste of it, it just it sets a whole new tone for you. Like and just hearing the lyrics to a lot of people I know just listen to music and don't pay attention to lyrics. Like when I like uh, the, the first time I heard your music, when I first met you, I was like instantly like, wow, everything he's <laughs> saying relates to AR vibes. Like he his his messages are so deep and they're all po- like most of them, if not all of them, are all deeply positive. So I love that about your music. And that's why in the intro, I mentioned like, you know, positive, influential music that fits all ages, kids, adults. If you like that old school Tupac, Biggie style, like your f- classic feels, one of my favorite tracks from you where it brings you to that feel. Like it's, I guess it's got that West Coast, East Coast mixed feel and that classic feel. So <laughs> that stood out to me too. Um, I know we talked about mentors a little earlier too, but I got another question. that's a little bit in reference to that, but maybe a little different. Like I want to know outside of music, the music industry and the rap game, who are some of your biggest influencers? Like I know probably comes to your family and the, the, the person you mentioned earlier as a mentor, but are there anybody like high profile or any like um, actors, celebrities, athletes, or anybody different or just, you know, not just not in the music industry that is a big influence in your life and who you are and what you do. That's a good one. You know, um, one odd thing about me, like it's so hard to pick favorites. And I mean, I'm not attaching like uh, my biggest influence to favorites, but it's just like pinpointing and idolizing one person. Uh, But I would say um, that's a good one. And I can't say it's one. It's probably it's different aspects about certain people. Like uh, I would say with me uh, as an artist, just as far as character, upbringing and just maintaining who you are regardless of where you are I definitely like uh I would say I like Lecrae as an artist uh and as an influence because he's pushing the boundaries in a in an environment that is you know one way and just mixing in to influence in a positive light and I would say 
honestly a lot of artists like that like from your j coles to kendrick's like in the industry but you said outside of music so outside of music um that's a good one uh if you don't have any off the top of the head that's fine too man like i sometimes i know it's like most people your influences usually come from what you're doing what you're focused on that makes most sense but like i just i didn't know if there was anybody off the fly like that just stood out to you like for me i have a bunch and you know uh some of them are, are actors or actresses just different athletes celebrities like kobe bryant i know a lot of people are upset with the news of what just happened to him and i didn't want to just bring him in just because of what happened but right you know one of the biggest things that stood out to me i'm all about sports i coach my kids sports i coach diff- all different types of sports and i still play sports myself and one of the best things i ever heard about kobe bryant that really stood out to me and i'm from new england so tom brady's another one huge tom brady fan it's hard not to be when you live in new england but those two guys something that really stood out to me is that someone i heard somebody say a quote from kobe before that he as a kid he always wanted to see i believe it was magic johnson i don't want to get it wrong but i think it was magic play a game and he didn't come from wealth he didn't go to a lot of games but he ended up going to his first game and the one player he went to see didn't play. So he said mm. he made it a, a, a point of his as an, a professional athlete that he will not take days off unless he absolutely has no choice and he's, like, very injured. And he did that his whole career. And that was his reasoning was you never know when that one kid is going to be at his first game ever and his last game ever, and he doesn't even like the sport. He came to see you, and you just wanted a day off because you, your muscles hurt a little bit. So that, to me, was a huge thing, and it was a huge influence in my life as a kid when I heard that. And for someone who plays sports and coaches, like he understood that, yes, he's a professional athlete. That's his goal. That's his dream. But think of all the money athletics brings in for the people who just want to watch them, who look up to these people. So that was one thing I loved about Kobe the most, that he didn't take days off because he thought about the people in the crowd. And he wanted to, you never know again when that one kid comes just to see. You could be in a away game. You know what I mean? You could be Lakers versus Celtics. And that kid from Boston's a diehard Kobe fan, Lakers fan. He's not going to L.A. ever. And he just wants to see Kobe Bryant play. If he takes that day off, that just kills a lot of kids' dreams, you know. So that's what I meant, like, if outside or any type of different type of influence. If not, it's not a problem. I just – that's what that's what stemmed the question in my mind. That's how I was thinking. And you know what? To, to piggyback off that, I'm glad that you said it because it made me realize, like, I study music like a sport, you know. So it's like – it, and I would say it's a general thing. I guess it's, it's the general uh, effect of – what's being done more so than one specific person. And that's what, like, I touched on that. And I have in favors. Like, and then locally, like, you know, my mentor, just seeing his influence and things that he's been able to accomplish locally. Um, and outside, I feel like it's kind of cliche. But just when I look at, uh, it's Black History Month, but when I look at, you know, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, like, those type of people who are able to impact the masses for the better. Like, I would say that's just a general uh, quality characteristic that I notice from people that I like gravitate towards and that I like that I embody you know especially being of course you know I guess I would say anybody that's authentically them and that's trying to do something for the better um I love that and I don't see that as cliche at all that's huge I those are people who made the biggest impacts in the world and the biggest look some people it's the smallest things that make the biggest changes and that's I love that that's I don't think it's cliche at all I think it's huge like those should be role models and influences in people's lives. Yeah. And I think overall, just respect people who stand for what they believe in. And, you know, that's, you know, they're not trying to force it on you, but it's just like, Hey, this is me. This is who I am. You know, like, it, right. love it. You know, and this is how I live my life. So 
Yeah, but I'm glad. I appreciate you sharing that about Kobe too, because that, that's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah, man. Yeah, no worries. No worries. It's, it, was, it was the reason when I was thinking of the question, it's what came into my mind because that's always been a big thing for me. My son knows that story. Anytime I talk about an athlete missing a game, like I, I, you know, no disrespect to LeBron, but I went to a Celtics game against the Cavs when LeBron was earlier in his career and he took a game off because he just wanted a rest day. And it killed me because I was like, damn, mm. I really wanted to see LeBron play. Like, <laughs> like, I'm a Celtics fan, but how cool would it be to be sitting center court watching LeBron play the Celtics? And it didn't happen. I had to miss it. So, you know, that's those things really stood out to me. And it wasn't that he was injured. It wasn't that he was sick. He just he needed a rest day. I was like, come on. Like, I was dying to see him play. <laughs> I bought tickets to that game for that reason. <laughs> so That sucks. <laughs> those things stand out. Yeah, of course. Of course. So I'll, I feel like I'm going way off topic with you. So I'll, I'll bring it back to uh, back to the music a little bit. Um, OK. You know, next thing I want to ask you is what from your point of view. So everyone has different opinions, different views on how these things work. But from your point of view. From the journey you've been on, what what would you say it takes to be a successful hip hop artist, rap artist, R and B artist, any type of person in the music industry? What what like maybe your day to day path? Like what type of things go into being successful as an artist? Like for the younger crowd out there, that's like maybe a seventeen year old kid that is already producing some good music with the technology that's out there, but they have no idea what they're doing, how to get it out there. They don't know how to stay motivated to stay on track. Like what would you say from your point of view? Against like what does it take to be an artist, successful artist? Okay, that's a good one because I know, uh, you know, and I think this is this is very important because it's not cookie cutter. Knowing who you are as a person, and I say that's important because, for instance, like myself, I can be scatterbrained at times. I can like to move fast to get quick results, so I have to buckle down and discipline myself to focus on one task. You know, um, like even now with gotcha. this, have so many things coming up. I have to basically have like accountability and a support system to make sure I'm getting things done in a timely manner because my problem or my issue might not be the same for someone else. You know, you have right. people that could probably, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. I won't say his name, but I have a uh, artist right here in town and he's amazing, like super talented, but he overthinks. So he sits on music for a long time and it would, won't come out. You know, so what he needs to do would be, you know, setting up, okay, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to put it out this date and try to align things differently. So I would say that would be the specific, knowing who you are and what you need uh, to operate. But overall, so discipline. I say discipline could benefit you regardless of your personality. And uh, having a routine, having a routine. Like me, I work full time currently. uh, So it's like I, I have a daughter. And outside of music, I have my real life, you know, because, you know, I'm an adult, got to take your responsibilities. So I try to make sure I write daily, like even if it's a bar, a punchline, uh, a scheme or a hook. So I make sure I write daily and also schedule studio time. At least a lot of people have home studios nowadays and I have my own as well, but I try to schedule studio time a couple weeks out. So I know like, all right, I need to get these songs done. So when I go to the studio Saturday, I got some stuff. So that's kind of, that gives me the structure and the expectation that, okay, this is coming. So let me make sure I get it done. So I would say that's important to create and keep, make sure you're working. And nowadays a big thing for success is looking into marketing and advertising because now the attention span of fans is so fickle that if you're not viral 
you might not make a huge impact. So you want right. to basically have a consistency and look into how you can target your audience or people that may like your music to get them engaged. I'll share another tidbit with this. Like with me doing the song with Dizzy, uh, I took I took those two years off or whatever before I released uh, In Due Time. And I knew I needed to get with somebody established so I could start to build my fan base. Because once I did the song with Dizzy, I know who to target. Dizzy Wright fans, you know. Right. Versus That's I- how you found me. <laughs> exactly. You know, so I would say that's a, a proven uh, method that has worked because it led to this podcast interview. So, um, yeah, targeting, targeting your audience, um, looking into marketing, advertising. And one that I'm developing and getting better at myself is having consistent content. Um, so in my process of research and marketing, uh, one thing that was shared, it's a Burstimo on YouTube. So you guys check them out. B-U-R-S-T-I-M-O. They had uh, a video where they talked about content. And they said it's three things that you need nowadays to keep people engaged. And that's uh, either you need to share um educational stuff like educational information you need to entertain or you need to document so if you can have something reoccurring like let's say every monday is mike strong monday my fans and people who like me know monday mike's doing something um and right that's how you get engagement versus just sporadically posting here and there so i'm in the process of developing content to start doing that i don't know if it'll be every week every two but um consistency content discipline and knowing who you are and how you operate i would say those would be my key points nice man those are those are all good ones and i actually appreciate you for that because some of those actually fall into my bucket myself with air vibes like this is my third podcast episode the last two were back in june we, we do post a lot of content create other videos and for our followers, not your followers, but if the people who do end up following us, we have a lot of different platforms where we put different things out. But for me, it's the same exact thing. Like I know I need to be more consistent and I know I have to get more podcasts out there. And it's that's that right there. Just helped me. Like, you know, I've already known that, but hearing it from you, like it helps me understand it deeper too. Like I'm not going to get to the point I want to get to if I'm not doing the right things, especially when subconsciously I know like, Hey, you're not doing the right things. You're staying more subconscious and, you're holding yourself back. And I do post more sporadically. Like um, I'm a huge, another mentor of mine is Gary V. We talked about mentors. Oh yeah. 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 And he, he literally gives blueprints on how to be successful online. And, and that's one of his big things have consistently, like, like you said, Mike strong Monday. I like that. I still have never done anything like that. And it's what kills me is I know I need to do things like that. So I really appreciate you for those answers. Cause that, that helps me. It reminds me like, Alex, you need to be doing these things with AR vibes. Like, especially when you have a community where you're trying to get wisdom and knowledge out there to help people better their lives, you should have some type of programs like that as well. So I, I appreciate you for that answer. Man, I, hey, you don't get it twisted, man. I need to take my own advice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the human that's struggle. <laughs> that's the human struggle, man. We know what we need to do, but implementing it is not always, you know, yes. it's not always happening as soon as we need it to. So, yeah, no problem. Yep. That's that's going to spin into a little bit of our, at the end of the podcast, where we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the topics that the Air Vibes community relates to and uh, subconscious versus conscious mindset, something I want to talk about with you a little bit. So that right there, just hit on that. Like, you know what you need to do when you're conscious. You know, like, all right, I need to get to this. Like, I'll be real with my listeners up front. 
I almost lost this opportunity. You'll say no, but in my mind, I almost lost this opportunity to interview you because we had it set up three different times and I had three different excuses why I wasn't ready to do it. And in, in my own in my own eyes, like you didn't know me. You don't live in the same state as me. You you were doing me a favor. I'm doing like we're helping each other and I'm over here wasting your time is how I look at it. And I appreciate you for not looking at it like that and still taking the time to connect with me because that really that really speaks to what we just talked about as well. Like, you know, I, I got to take that conscious thought of knowing when I do what I have to do is when I get the most feedback, the most success, the most the eyes on air vibes, people reaching out saying, hey, you really helped me. Thank you. But then sometimes I'll get into that subconscious and be like, ah, not yet, not yet. And I know better than to let the subconscious win. I, I do life coaching. I teach people how to stay conscious and not let the subconscious win. So like you said, taking your own advice is the hardest thing. It's Man. easy to give it and tell other people what to do. Taking is the hardest thing. Do it yourself. And and uh, that's, that's a big part of my artistry, being vulnerable and transparent because we all have something in common, man. We're human. <laughs> Regardless yep. of your belief, your skin color, your hair length, your sexual preference, whatever, like we're human. So this is common things that we deal with. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, man. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to transition into uh, so, uh, two, two different questions that are kind of related, but I'll start with, yeah, when you're not making music, I know you, like you said, you have your personal life, you have your daughter, you have your other job, you, you have a life, man. It's not just music. What, right. what are you, what does Mike Strong listen to on Spotify, on the radio, on whatever he's using? What, what are your top artists out there who, if I say besides rap, like do you like other kinds of music? And if not, that's fine. I know you said you had influencers and people that you like in the industry, but what on a day to day when you're not listening to your own music or making music, who are you listening to when you're driving around or going to the gym or doing something different? What do you got? You just got playing in the headphones. Okay. Uh, oh, this is a good one. So for the record, I do listen to other uh, genres. Um, so, Except country, no disrespect, no offense to you country fans, but it just never was anything I got into. You know, it's all preference. But um, so w with me being in artist mode, I try to listen to a lot of beats, but I also listen to a little bit of everything just to see what's current, like what's going on. So um, just yesterday, I was listening to the new Royce, the Five Nine album, uh, the Allegory. Okay. Oh my goodness, amazing! Like I'm. I love lyricism, you know, metaphor, storytelling, and content. You know, I also listen to a little trap music here and there. Like I said, if it's newer, I'm going to check it out. So I just, right. I've been listening to Royce the Five Nine. Um, <clears throat> what else uh, is on my recent? Oh, Cy Ari the Kid. <clears throat> He's an artist out of Atlanta. Um, He's pretty talented. And actually, he just put out a project that's very nice. He's like educating, dropping some jewels. Um, outside of hip hop, yeah, I'm just going off my recent. Outside of hip hop, surprisingly, I listen to like electronic music. Like sometimes, okay, I listen to it's like older stuff I came across, but it just puts me in a good mood. That's one thing I realize like different sound. I'll listen to uh, soft rock, like classic rock. Um, and I'm trying to think one more. What else could I give you guys? I love jazz too. Um, nice, I do too. Yeah, and you know, I would say my favorite artist right now. Uh, I always, I always can go to Kendrick. I always can go to Kendrick. He he's very musically inclined. So, um, yep, yeah. So that's that's what I listen to, man. Whatever's relevant and new. I mean, because even one artist that I okay. feel like is kind of unorthodox is um like Soda Baby out of Detroit. I really just appreciate the uniqueness in the own style. Like you know, with hip hop, it's all about you being you. So right. um, 
I can value that. So those are some of the artists and genres of music that I've been listening to as of late. Awesome, man. I like it. So to, to spin off that one, if you – and I'm putting you on the spot, and I don't know how much coverage we're going to get with this podcast, but okay. the beautiful thing about podcasts is they stay out forever. Exactly, and, and I'm going to push it The too. more I grow – yeah, the more <laughs> I grow, the more you grow, more people are going to see it. Like, I, I, like for, for instance, I, I focus on the law of attraction, which you know, and, and manifesting your destiny, what's going to happen. And like Conor McGregor, UFC fighter, John Bones Jones, UFC fighter. I go back and look at them in the early days – and they had those mindsets already. They told people what they were going to do. They told them exactly how they were going to do it. And they both did everything they said they were going to do. So those things stand out to me. And what I want to ask you is if there is one who, – who's your dream collaboration? Someone who's out there now. I would say alive or dead, but that's not fair because then it won't happen if it's someone who's right. not around anymore. So who of a current artist would be your dream collaboration? If they heard this next month, a year from now, and they're like, oh, I like Mike Strong. I like his music. Who would it be that you could you would love to do a track with if you could? Okay, good one. You know what? I uh I know I said Kendrick, like my probably one of my favorites, but when it comes to dream collab, probably J. Cole. And you know another reason why I say that'd be a dream, because I just saw that he made a post not too long ago, like after he put out his compilation album with Dreamville, that he's not he's done doing features. So I think that makes it even more of a dream because the person just gotcha. said that, you know, he's kind of falling away from that. But I think with uh my content and his, that'll be a huge mile marker for me as an artist too. You know, I think Jay-Z is a no-brainer. Every rapper want to collaborate with Jay-Z, but I would say J. Cole. And if I had more time... I think time, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, and if I had more time, I'd probably think of some more unorthodox, but that was the first to come to mind. Yeah, no, I like that answer. And I and J. Cole also done some great features. Uh, oh there's a goodness. lot of people who are out there. And I'll go back to the guy I mentioned earlier because I kind of threw a little shade at his name. I apologize, but I love him. <laughs> 21 Savage, when he did a lot with J. Cole, like, whew, everyone Man. that talks about that song, like, 21 did his thing. But when J. Cole came on, like, whew, he killed yeah. that song. <laughs> so he was, he was doing some fire collabs recently. It was awesome to listen to it, so. The fact that he's going to go away from it, who knows? He might come back. You never know. He might come back to helping some people out. Yeah, Cole, if you hear this, man, Mike Strong. Like, Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one day. One day. Yeah. So I, I've had you on for almost an hour now. So if you're cool with it, I got a little more I want to cover with you. I want to respect uh, your time, though. You got a little more time for us? Oh, my daughter's napping, man. So we're going we to put this gym out there for the people so they can, you know, really – Perfect, man. Perfect. I like it. I like it. All right. So what I want to lead into next then is goal setting. So like, for instance, I, when I'm doing my life coaching, and I don't like to keep it too generic. Like everyone here is like set goals, make them happen. But I'm like, I'm more of a micro goal setter. I like doing like little, little baby things. Like for me, my, my new year's resolution was to meditate every day. So I already meditate. Mm. My problem was I wasn't staying consistent with daily. Like when you said earlier, I make sure I write every day. Like I have a busy life still, but I make sure I still write something every day for me if i can't sit down and meditate for a solid hour half hour i'll take a shower and i'll do a mindful shower meditate right in the shower because i know i have to take a shower no matter what because i already do it subconsciously every day at least once or twice a day so if i can't find the time somewhere else i make sure i find the time in the shower so um pretty much what i'm getting at is like what are your uh first of all what are your views on goal setting how important is it and you can just touch on a high level because more what i want to dig into are 
what are your top goals for this upcoming year or next two years? I don't know how you set goals, if you do yearly plans, monthly, but let's tell the community a little bit about what's coming from Mike Strong. What are your goals now and how are you going to hit those goals? What's coming for you? Okay, perfect. Um, so I would, one thing I got to touch on is goals changed my life. Like when I uh, talked about my recklessness and how I was living as a teen, uh, I had to go to a, a group home or a placement for six months and that was my first time ever really setting goals at 16 and no lie I was there for six months and I made a list of certain things I wanted to achieve by the time I left I did it and it's like I literally kept it on my desk in the, in the room and I saw them every day and I've seen I've seen the results so goals are are very uh impactful but so my goals uh for this year man uh I'm putting it out on record, so that's even more uh, accountability for <laughs> people to follow so the, up. That's what the law of attraction is about. That's what the law yeah. of attraction is about, manifesting and visualization and affirmations. Let's get them out there. <laughs> exactly. So, you know what? With that being said, I'm going to give you this exclusive. Uh, so, my project is going to be called Affirmation. Oh, all right. I like yeah. it. <laughs> so, you know, for for uh, this reason, honestly. Um, so, Anyway, going into this year, my goals are, my main goal is to be established as an artist. And what I mean by that is once I release Affirmation, and I won't give the date yet because, you know, we're still working out the details. But once I release Affirmation, that it will solidify me as an artist, like someone to look out for. It puts Fort Wayne, Indiana on people's radar. You know, it's more than cornfields and whatever you may think, you know. Uh so to be established as an artist, you know, I want to grow my social media following. I get the most engagement currently on uh, Instagram. So I think I'm currently at 1,300 followers. Uh, my goal is 10K. I'm going to shoot, you know, I feel like I shoot for the stars. If I hit five, that's a huge improvement. But I want to get like 10,000 followers. Um, I actually have a show coming up, a big show. It's a festival here in town called the Middleways Festival. And it's an annual show. It's pretty eclectic. They have uh, artists from different genres. And I'll be one of the local hip-hop acts. And that will be June 12th and 13th. And that was one of my goals, to do uh, to do a show. And um, so that's going on. So to, to sum it up, get established as an artist. Um, 10,000 followers on Instagram. Um, I would love to do more shows. And also get paid off music so to answer your question now what i'm doing to make those a reality um i've been researching different uh marketing strategies and looking at blogging sites and different ways i could put my music out there because here in my town population probably three hundred thousand, just the second largest city okay um and i feel like i'm pretty well known here locally Local. So it's not a concern that my music will reach people here. The The biggest obstacle is getting people outside of here. <clears throat> I'm already doing pretty good because, you know, I got in contact with you. So <laughs> that's a, right, right. you got in contact with me. So um, basically looking at different ad, different ways to uh, push ads to get to different areas. Um, Chicago is a pretty big city that's not too far. So I want to hit Chicago pretty tough. Um, and also with the show, that'll bring more exposure. So I'm just looking at marketing, advertising, uh, videos, visuals. Um, so I'm going to be shooting 
this is another exclusive. I'm going to be shooting the video for Vice City this year. So nice. I think that is going to also shift the tide for the big time. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a movie. So um, like I said, marketing is going to help me put my brand and get the people aware, um, reaching out to different blogs, um, different people, and even doing like guerrilla marketing. So I like send people DMs and messages with my link, with the link to my song. So really just hitting the ground running to make that uh, reality. And I'm pretty sure that if that goes as planned, then uh, I will be established. People will start looking out for me. The music will spread. And yeah, this project is pretty serious. I only put out four songs with four fun in 2017. So a right. project for me is going to do a lot, I believe. So affirmation coming 2020. Can't wait. Can't wait. And we can hopefully we can circle back on another podcast episode and talk about it and give some maybe some sneak peeks when it's close to being out. I don't know. There's no date yet, but when it's ready, if if you get the approvals, I know I have one of my best friends is in the music industry. I know it's hard to let people hear your music until it's ready to be published everywhere. So right. maybe when that time comes, if we can get a little sneak peek or like, you know, a quick one minute clip to share with the community, that'd be cool, too. So you can keep me posted on that. Yeah, you showing love early. So I definitely make sure I get something together for you for sure. I appreciate it. So what I, I'm gonna, what I want to do now, Mike, is I just want to tie some uh, some loose ends here. For, so, so people in my community, I've you know I've segued, let people know that this this interview is coming, this podcast. Um, for people who are new to my community and they see what it, the messages are about, what we focus on, they might be like, "What's what's the whole point of this interview?" Well, if you listened to the whole podcast episode so far, you understand a lot of the things we've talked about tie into specifically what AR Vibes is about. And I just want to you know tie some ends on how you and I met, how we connected, and how this all became a reality. And then I want to dive in a little bit to uh, some of the more specific topics to AR Vibes, what we focus on, and just. Get, just pick your brain on some of those topics like law of attraction, which we pretty much already talked about flow state, meditation, et cetera. Um, but I, I just want to take it back real quick and let people know how we connected. So, okay. Uh, Dizzy, Wright. I'm a huge fan of Dizzy, Wright, And people it's, it's one of the songs that Mike mentioned in due time. It's pretty recent. Great track. I love it. And that was the first track I heard that stood out to me. And I was like, wow, who is this guy? Who's Mike strong. And then I went on my own, looked up Mike Strong, and found some other tracks that really stood out to me. And first, I'm going to name drop some of those tracks that really stood out to me the most that I think hit on a lot of the a lot of the messages that AR Vibes focus on. It's in due time with Dizzy Wright, Fun for Real, love that track. Better Place, another one I love, and Last Day. If you listen to all those tracks from start to finish, you'll understand if you're following our community why those relate and how this happened. But taking it a step back. Um, Dizzy Wright shares our content here and there. It's not a lot. I wish it was more. I love Dizzy, been a fan since day one, but he sometimes loves our messages. He, a lot of his music is positive and it's helping get messages out there and sharing wisdom. And from what I hear, it sounds like Dizzy also has a vision on how to make the world a better place. And he's trying to do that through his music. So I loved him for a long time and I heard in due time, he gave me a shout out. He gave AR vibes a shout out on his story. And you and him just did a track together. So you follow him. You guys are connected. And Mike Strong met me, sent over one, sent over the song in due time with Dizzy Wright. Said, hey, check it out. I see you're a Dizzy Wright fan. He didn't put any pressure on me like, hey, be a fan of mine. Follow me, which I really love and respected. It was just like, hey, check out this track I did with Dizzy. I see that you're a fan of Dizzy. I looked at your community. It seems like you like those type of messages. I have a lot of similar stuff. So right when I listened to in due time, I jumped into fun for real. 
Better Place, all those t- all those tracks. That classic feel doesn't really hit on Air Vibes, but again, if you're from the the '90s, the early 2000s, you're gonna love classic feel. Definitely check it out. Um, but to take it back, so we connected. I started listening to his music, loved everything I heard, and instantly knew like, wow, this guy's music fits like everything I talk about. And it's the exact same reasons I love Dizzy, right? So we started talking, connecting, and I just threw a dart out in the dark and said, hey, what are the odds I can get you on my podcast, talk to my community, because I think you could bring value in. You know, Mike Strong jumped on right away and said, yeah, man, I'd love to do that. I'd love to get back and help out. And, you know, what, what threw me off is, you know, we're still pretty new ourselves. We're still don't have a huge following. So, like, he's not going to want that. He's probably looking for someone big. And again, another thing I respect about you, man, it was – no, man, I want to help you grow. I want to see you grow. I want to do this to help you. So I, again, really appreciate that and take it, take it into the, so into those topics. So law of attraction, like you clearly understand law of attraction. You understand manifestation affirmations. It's your next project coming out. So you understand like how important things like mindset are. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge believer that every human deals with depression and anxiety. And a lot of the people in the world think it's not, not a real thing like some people the successful people there's no way they do like the ones that seem happy all the time but i am a huge believer and it's it comes down to your mindset when you learn how to deal with pain and anxiety and depression that's when you get to that next level because i feel like it's universal everyone's going to deal with it. i feel like it's human nature and getting past it so first i want to touch on you know have you ever dealt with i actually have because we already talked about it, but like what is your best, your best tip on getting out of a deep depression stage? So I know a lot of people turn to medication, which I respect. I'm fine with. I know a lot of people turn to natural ways and a lot of people turn to meditation and different things like that. But what are your views on how to try to beat depression? And like, do you agree that it's a, everyone faces it? Some obviously a lot harder than others and some can't, can't really control it. And you know, what are your thoughts on that? Oh man, that's a, that's a heavy one, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely believe we all deal with it and, some way or another uh, and how we face it can be different because you know like uh wasn't it robin williams who committed suicide yep. Yep. and when you like i grew up watching robin williams you know mrs doubtfire and jumanji you know and he just we don't know him personally obviously but he just seems so fun filled joyful happy but that's normally the mass I, I, a line i said in the song like uh camouflage smile for the pain of this guy saying I'm okay really I ain't like we put on a mask at times and I would say for me dealing with it was just trying to process it you know like clearly you think about whatever it is that has you down or try to identify you know because if you know what the problem is then you could try different steps to attack it head on so like coming from my experience is just trying to deal with it, uh, trying to accept it, talking about it, uh, talking about it to the people that I love and, and I know that one was best for me or I could trust and just trying to work my way through it. Because like I said, when my mom passed, I was depressed, man, for years. Like, of course. Of course. Like, yeah, like six, 17, I would say. And I feel like I still, and this is something else with that particularly, like I felt a lot of, sadness because I felt like I should have done more you know I should have been I wish I would have talked to her more like created more memories so it was also some regret attached to uh her passing because I it's so many things I didn't do and that's one thing that made me want to do what I whatever I set out to do because I don't want to live with regret you know the things I've done and messed up on uh or that I attempted to do 
I can handle better than stuff I didn't do at all. Like I didn't try. Um, right. Anyway, just going through that process of identifying it. And, and even with me with music, like I, a lot of, not, not necessarily on this project completely, but on the music to come, because I'm working on a couple things now, like you're going to see what I'm talking about. And I have a concept album coming in the future once I'm more established where I'm really going to like dive into some deep, you know, dark moments, you know? So it's just trying to deal with it head, head on, man. Um, and figuring out which process works for you. And even counseling, man, mental health. Mental health is important, yep. you know? Um, get Going to a psychiatrist, I know it's something that people try to say you crazy or they attach it. Like they, they put a stigma on it like it's bad, but you know, if you work out your body, you lift weights and do uh, strenuous things to get stronger and bulk up or get toned up. So what's the problem with doing that for your mind? You know? Um, so those are some things that I've done to work through depression and trying to face it head on and uh, pacing yourself. You don't want to get overwhelmed and trying to find that hope, trying to find, what is the lesson to be learned from this? Like, how can it make me better? Like, just asking certain questions to challenge yourself to look at it in a different light as well. Definitely, man. Definitely. And like, I, I know you mentioned meditation earlier. I didn't know you meditated. We don't. We don't know each other all that well yet. So I meditate all the time. I I preach meditation to everybody. And the best part about it for me is when I was younger and I knew about it. I was. Just, I didn't laugh at it, but I was like, that's. Ah, you sit there and listen to silence or like communicate in your mind with, I, I didn't believe it. And it's when I look at it from the outside, I get why so many people don't understand meditation or understand how it can work. But for the, the people in my community who have dove in and really tried to understand meditation, have done it, including myself, family members who I never thought would wake up and try to be awakened and get deeper with their connection to God or the higher power, whatever you want to call it. Meditation. When I really started doing it and really understanding it, changed my life and I, I don't know if you can relate to that but it's it sounds like it's a cliche like just sit there be quiet don't move shut your body down take control of your mind but when you really learn how to meditate and you focus on what the, the value it brings to you I feel like it's a huge thing for depression and like when you said working out your body work compared to working out your mind there's there's been so much research and studies that show like through brain scans and activity that when people are meditating their brains drop into theta states and you literally cure a lot of things in your brain and you rewire your brain it's it's, it's fascinating things so like how, how often do you meditate like is it a regular thing for you like what are your views on meditation you know and see that's one thing that i need to get back on so like i said with me and this is so i'll share like one of my personality flaws like i'm a busybody. i gotta stay active i gotta do stuff so it's actually, i was actually just talking to my daughter's mom about it like you know we got to find some balance and make sure we're doing that to get ourselves in order. So, um, like, lately, I haven't been making the time for it. So, just like how you said, you haven't been consistent, like, uh, from prayer to read to meditating. It's like I'm always doing stuff, and I got so much I'm trying to do, I don't take that time like I need to. And it's like I'm, I'm identifying it's a problem now because, right. um, like, you need to clear your head sometimes and just become one with yourself, and silence is golden. You know, like it's so much noise. Excuse me, like you wake up, you're on your phone. You know, you got to do this, got to do that. So for my experience with it um, was it really helped me get more in tune with myself and to challenge thoughts, you know, um, and also in, encourage good ones. So that was my experience. So it wasn't bad at all. It's just my natural personality is to stay busy. 
So I have to fight against it to make that mm-hmm. time. So that's actually something that I'm going to start to implement again here soon uh, because like with, with everything I have going on now, I was just saying like, if I don't start it now, I'm not going to later because I'm only going to get more business. It's going to be more. Exactly. More, more, more. So um, that's one thing I would say uh, is it's never too late to start. And even if it's, and that's something you mentioned about in the shower. Like I never tried it in the shower. My thing is like I was just gonna, I was just gonna bring that up to you. Yeah. I was gonna say maybe you could try that out because <laughs> I I actually I don't mean to cut you off, but I was waiting for you to be finished to say that. Like I related to everything you just said deeply because I'm always on the go. Like I coach three sports a week. I work. I I try to do all these different types of things in my life, and I related to what you just said 100. percent And that's why I bring in that conscious versus subconscious mindset. Like I know I want to do it. I know the benefits it brings to me 100. percent But it's that stopping your subconscious mind and saying, nope, you got to do everything else and finding, like forcing yourself to do it, which is hard at times. But I was just actually going to mention that to you. Like, it's, look up mindful shower. It's an awesome thing. I, I talk about a lot of people in my community, a mindful shower. And I'm assuming, you know, well, I shouldn't assume, but a lot of people shower at least once a day. Like, so if you don't have time to do things, that gives you time right then and there. Like a shower takes at least 15 minutes, I would say 15, 20 minutes. Right. And uh, if, you're, if you're following this community, not just yourself, Mike, but anybody listening, we actually, on our YouTube channel, AR Vibes, it's Anticipation Rock Vibes, or just AR Vibes, you'll find us. We created a video all about meditation. And uh, to sum it up, like high level in the beginning, it's all different famous people, Oprah, um, Bill Gates, some of the most successful people that tell you that they meditate every single day, if not once, twice, every single day. Oprah Winfrey made meditation a part of her company to make sure all of her employees meditated because she knew how much the value was. And then deeper in that video, it starts to go into ways of meditating, how to meditate, and what are the best ways. And uh, there's, a, there's a monk that talks about monkey mind, and that's, you know, how do you meditate? You give your monkey mind, but you can't just give it a banana. You give it a task. So the biggest issue with meditating when people try it is they're, they're, they're trying to clear their head. They're trying to focus on what they want to do, and then negative thoughts or all these random thoughts start running in because now your body stopped. Your body wants to get up and go, and you're telling your brain, nope, I'm staying here. And a lot of people, that's where meditation becomes tricky. So the best tip I ever learned, and it's in that video, is they call it monkey mind. Give the monkey mind a job. Focus on the breathing. That's the easiest step towards meditating. Focus on the breathing. Oh, monkey mind goes away and goes into a different direction. That's all right. Remind you, monkey mind, back to breathing. It's time to focus on breathing. That's your job. Do nothing else. And once you go for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I've seen people meditate for an hour and they're like, oh, my God, I felt like I was just meditating for like 10 minutes. It's been an hour. And it's like, that's what happens oh, wow. when you hit that next state and really get deep into that meditation. And that's when you know, when you come out of it, you're like, whoa, what just happened? And, so, yeah, definitely um, try the shower. And what? And I need to look that up. What's the term? For the uh, it's called a mindful shower. Mindful shower. Mindful shower. I'm going to write yep. that down right now. So I'm yep, and, to, and to sum it up, it's like. Just so another thing with meditation in my eyes, and everyone has different views, is using your senses. So you're sit, you're in the feel the water, like literally, shut your head, everything off, the thoughts, and feel the water running down your body. Smell the soaps as you rub them on your body. Like when you start to do that, another thing I've learned from somebody, I, I can't remember where I learned it, but he said everyone has a perfect temperature in the water. And I was like, huh. And if you sit there and you start to take that mindful shower and just mess with the the heat or the coldness of the water you'll hit a point where you're like, oh my God, like it's the most soothing thing ever. It's just, that's your temperature. You'll find it. You'll know where you connect with that water hitting your body. And 
it's hard to point out, but you'll know it. You'll know it when you're doing it. <laughs> like slowly turn the dial on the heat and you're going to be like, wow, once the water starts running down, you're feeling those thoughts. It's, it's a great thing. Definitely do some research on it. Oh, yeah, um, I just wrote it down. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. The, the last thing I want to touch on, because you mentioned something earlier, was when you write, you get into a whole nother state. Like it's almost like nothing can distract you. So I don't know if you're familiar with flow state. It's another video we have on our YouTube channel, all about flow state and high level flow state is when your brain waves go to theta states, like a meditating monk. It's, it's, it's the best, it's the best place to have your brain waves if you can. And essentially what it is, is an acronym for, for um, flow state called stir S T E R. And off the top of my head, I want to make sure I get it right. It stands for selflessness, timelessness, information richness and uh, I forget what the R is, but pretty much what happens when you get into flow state and it happens mostly for athletes, musicians, artists, uh, extreme sport athletes as well. Anyone who has to get into a deep focus to, to, uh, to work at their highest optimal performance. And it's exactly what it sounds like. You lose reality of yourself. You lose reality of time. And the best thing about flow state and the research that's going on right now, there's, if anybody wants to look up too, it's called the flow genome project, Stephen Kotler. He's the art, the uh, author of the rise of Superman, him and his partner, Jamie wheel have this awesome project. They're trying to make flow state hackable to humans to change the world on a higher level. And, and what they say is every human has experienced flow state more than once. But the hard part is you don't know when you're in flow state. Most people don't realize it. So what I use as an example is think of when you were a kid in class and you had that one day in class where you know it's an hour long, but it really felt like 10 minutes, which sounds insane, but all of us have had a moment in life where we're in flow state and you literally lose reality of time. Time is just an illusion. You don't know. It's, it's to the point where it's so confusing where an hour goes by and it feels like 10 minutes. Like, how does that even make sense? And you can't wrap your mind around it. You lose reality of yourself. You don't even know what you're doing. You're just doing. And you get information just flows to you like automatic. So what I wanted to ask you on that is hearing a little bit about flow state, if you're not already familiar with it or if you are already, can you give me a specific time or do you know a time probably when you're writing where you remember being in flow state where like you came out of it and you were like, whoa, I just did all that. Like how the heck did that even happen? Like how did I just get all that done? Like, like you almost don't know how you do it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, LeBron James talks about flow state. Tom Brady, they're in flow state every time they're playing their sport. It's like nothing can distract them. Nothing is around them. It's laser focus, get the job done. And I, I want to know, have you, have you ever had a, a, a point that comes to mind where you've been in flow state and you, you noticed it now that you're like hearing about flow state? Are you there, Mike? Uh oh, I think I lost him. Can you still hear me? Oh, I can hear you. You're back. <laughs> I don't know okay. if you lost me on the whole flow state conversation. Oh. Did you hear everything I was saying? Yeah, I heard everything. I apologize. I don't know what that That's was. That's all right. Um, That's all right, man. But but no, I was saying uh, I, there was a time when that happened to me and I didn't know how to describe it, but that's that's exactly what it was. And it's literally one time, but it was a song I wrote. This was years ago. Uh, actually, it's unreleased. And it's like, this isn't uh, clean cut Mike Strong content. This was like <laughs> back in my uh, earlier rap days. But I wrote a song off of uh, Alicia Keys instrumental for uh, You Don't Know My Name. And I called it Playing Games. And it's the quickest song I ever wrote. Three verses all like in one city, you know. Um, and it was basically a story about uh, like I'm a teenager at this time, like when I wrote the song. So I was talking about how 
I met a girl. Um, I met a girl in person. She didn't give me her number or anything in the first verse. The second verse, uh, we wrote each other on social media. She left me hanging. And then the third verse, I was with my friend and he was going to hook. We were going to hang out with two two girls. And when we got to the door, she ended up being one of them. And I didn't know. So it was just kind of like this wasn't a true story or nothing. I literally just made it up as I went. And it's the fastest really? song I ever wrote. I probably wrote it in like 40 minutes or so. And it's like I, 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 I'll never forget it because the process was just effortless. Like I tend to overthink, you know what I'm saying, when I'm writing. So the way that that happened is just like, who who are you? You know, like what triggered this? So it's like I, I'm eager to get back into that flow state. Like clearly as a back then I didn't have nearly as much going on, but I do want to get zoned in when I'm creating to be able to free begin the flow state. So that's one time I could pinpoint when I wrote uh playing games. I like that. Yeah. So if, if you want man and anybody listening, again on our YouTube channel, I it's not me talking, it's a bunch of content we found and created through research and and marketing and it's all about flow state. I think you'll love it. And then I highly recommend the book, The Rise of Superman and Stealing Fire, the two books written by Stephen Kotler. So I'm giving him a shout out here. It wasn't planned, but he's getting one. Uh, it's phenomenal. It's all about how to hack the flow state, how to get into flow state whenever you want to tap into that un, un, that, that deep human potential. You can tap into it whenever you want. So especially as an artist, I highly recommend that book. I don't know if you read myself. That's another one of my subconscious versus conscious things. I hate reading. I can read well. I just don't like to read, but I've over the last year or two, I've been trying to force myself. I bought some books. My girlfriend bought me a few books. So I'm trying to, and the, what's helped me is finding things I'm interested in. And the rise of Superman is great. I, I highly recommend it. It's all about hacking the flow state. It's a beautiful book. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I've actually just uh, been trying to listen to audio books a little more, but it, it's not the same as sitting down to read. So yeah. yeah and of course it, as well. You can listen to it on audio too. I think it'll be great. Or just look up, you can look them up on YouTube, Stephen Collar, Flow State, Flow Genome Project, or look at our video we created. Just it's a lot of great information. And as an artist, it's it will definitely take you to the next level if you learn how to hack into that flow state whenever you feel like it. Um, yeah, so I'll well let's let's wrap this up, Mike. What is if is there anything else that we didn't cover? Any wisdom that you want to share with the community and your fans? Anything out there that you just want to add to the end of this podcast? And, and then I'll leave it off to like tell them where they can find you. But before we get to that, like anything you want to add, anything you didn't talk about that you wish we could have covered today or any wisdom that you want to share that you think could be beneficial to the people in the AR Vibes community and, and your fans as well? Um, yep, two things. I know one is a uh, purpose, man. Uh, like I said, I've been through a lot in my life uh currently 28 years old it's like I could never leave music alone like it's the one thing that I'm good at I'm great at you know um I'm still developing it and it's something that I I love I'm a people's person you know I'm very outgoing not shy and I'm sociable and this is a way for me to uh touch the people change lives for the better and also it's something I love to do so it's like, I will be doing the world a disservice if I don't create music. And I feel like for everyone listening, whatever that is for you, you know, whether it's uh, being a, a nurse, a doctor, uh, a, a athlete, um, even working at a restaurant, owning a business, whatever you're passionate about, it's like that's what God put in you to pursue because, you know, it's something about that that you can only do. 
and it always it always brings me back to that um, for myself. So yeah, definitely pursue your passion. And then the last thing I will say is with affirmation. The, with affirmation, my project, uh, it, it this is affirmation as well because I named it that. Um, so, okay, this is the best way to sum it up. So I named it that because when I did the song with Dizzy in due time, that's basically what I described it as. Positive right. affirmation for the listener that they will achieve success or whatever they pursue. So it falls perfectly aligned with your podcast. And I made that song not knowing you and you're right. from a totally different state and you reached out. So it's like I had one idea in mind, but it turned into be another. And it's like, People started coming into my life, you know, from uh, my business partner, Sean Harris, and we created a, a label and a brand called Pop Global, which is paid off passion. Global is an acronym. And that's the affirmation. You know, every time we say Pop Global, we're saying we're going to pop globally. We're going to touch the world. When we break down the acronym, we're going to get paid off our passion. So it's like so many things was just popping up that were like affirmations. So, um, like I said, the project I was working on originally, I feel like it, it's a little deeper meaning. I want to take that further. So the songs that I have collectively became this affirmation. This will solidify me as an artist. I've had signs of affirmation to create it and to do it again. And this project, uh, it's, it's exactly what we said, man. It's, it's affirmation. It's the law of attraction. It's claiming what's mine and what I believe will come. Um, and even from that, more things are aligning. Um, so yeah, the, the information that was shared in this podcast could definitely be beneficial to everyone who looks into it, you know, um, and tries to apply it to their lives. And as you could tell with me and Alex, like we still got stuff to work on. We, we are trying to get it together as well. So we're all on this journey together and uh, I'm excited for what's to come for me and also for you and the whole AR Vibes uh, community. Uh, you have a supporter. And this is my first podcast ever. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, and I think I'm going to just end it there. Those two things are more than enough. Just follow thank us you, for, man. For, thank for what we have next. <laughs> of course, of course. And, I, and one other thing I want to point out, and I've been thinking this every single time you answered a question or made a comment, how much you and I relate. And like you said, we don't even know each other personally. We met through a couple conversations about Dizzy Wright and how we got to here, but one of the things you just said, and it's when I do life coaching, when I have new clients, the biggest thing in my coaching is helping people find their purpose. And I give a huge shout out to my biggest mentor, Jay Shetty. And I was follow, I was in his genius coaching group. And that's when I first started getting life coaching on my own. And mm. that was his biggest thing. Find your purpose. Everyone has a purpose. And a lot of people don't believe that. And that's okay. But I love to change people's minds because when you find your purpose and you start to see all the signs around you, the affirmations, it's Life literally becomes unbelievable. And I know you get that because you mentioned it. Like, for me, this right here is my purpose. And I found that through Jay Shetty. Like he, we did an exercise that took an hour. And during that exercise, at the end, I was like, wow, my purpose is really to help people. Like just to give back. Like nothing Same. makes me feel better than to give to people and help and see people understand new things and see them grow. So AR Vibes will never go away. Like the first year of AR Vibes, I had like, 200 followers and people are like how do you keep doing this every day like it's not growing and i tell them every time i will never stop this will never stop and like you said paid off your purpose or paid off your passion i'm not looking for money right now but i know that money is going to come out of this in the future i know 
a day will come where I'm doing a talk on stage somewhere or I'm getting a supporter who's already big in the industry who loves what we're doing and wants to help it grow. So I don't care about the money. I don't think about the money. Like you said in your song, For Fun, rapping is my hobby. I don't even want a deal. I'm too turned up. I'm just having fun for real. Like that's what life is about. Find your purpose. Find what drives you and look for signs. Like signs are everywhere. You can. Life is a beautiful thing. And once you find your purpose, you'll never turn back. So I, I'm happy that you said that. That was huge, man. I appreciate that. Man, and yeah, thank no you for problem. letting us be your first, your first podcast. You're actually my first interview, and and I'm gonna, I'm also gonna apologize to the people that I've set up interviews with, and then push them off to put you ahead. But you know, I just felt like connecting with you and all the conversations we had. I had to get this done first. I had to have you be my first interview on my podcast as well. So I really appreciate your patience and your time. And uh, to close things off, Mike, so I want you to tell people where they can find you. I know you're on social media. I know you're on Spotify. I don't use any other music apps, but where, where can people find you and check out your content, check you out as a person, give them, give them some stuff where they can find you here and to end this up. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So every social media is Mike strong and it's M I C like microphone. So it's M I C S T R O N G. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and as far as uh, uh, streaming, I'm on uh, everything, Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, SoundCloud, um, and currently I have Four Fun Up and the two singles so far, which is Vice City and In Due Time. Uh, Affirmation will be coming this spring, this spring, and uh, yeah, be on the lookout. So if you guys love this content, it's definitely more where that came from, uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys to get to know me more as an artist. Uh, I'm pretty sure this gave a good overview of, you know, my heart and what's to come. And thanks again, Alex. Uh, yep, everything Mike Strong and Pop Global, Paid Off Passion. We're going to get some merch and some things together uh, this awesome. summer. So, um, yeah. You we'll be getting AR some vibes. over here at the AR Vibes team. We'll be getting some. <laughs> we'll be supporting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I just hope uh, that all you guys out there listening are able to take some away from it and, you know, live your best lives, meditate, you know, pursue your passion and, you know, change for the better. Definitely. All right, man. Yeah. So everyone, thank you guys for joining us on the podcast to take it away. I'm going to let you guys get a, a sneak peek. Well, it's not a sneak peek. The song's already out, but to end this podcast, we're going to put on Vice City. Uh, one quick thing. Vice City is not one of the ones I mentioned earlier because it's a little bit of a different feel. It's not really the AR vibes, like messages, but it's a good feel, good vibe. And Mike Strong, if I, if I got this wrong, correct me, but I feel like this came out right around the time Bad Boys 2 came out. And this is like a good, you know, just feel good vibe. Vice City, Miami Beach type vibe. And we're going to kick it off. We're going to end this podcast with a, probably like a minute clip of that so you guys can hear Vice City. And then go check him out on all platforms. Check out his social media, like he said, and, Again, I appreciate you for your time, Mike, and everybody who listened in. It's been an hour and a half, so we appreciate all you who made it to the end. And like I said, we're going we're gonna to finish it off with some Vice City. So hopefully you guys like it, and hopefully you guys follow Mike. And, Mike, again, I appreciate your time, man. Likewise. Thank you so much. All right, man. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy Vice City. We'll see you guys on the next episode. All right. Peace.